Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We're caught up with the Snowline Gold guys today. They talk us through their up-and-coming drill program. So Nicholas Matasek and joined by Scott Burdell, COO, uh, as well. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation today and the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. We've got commentary from experts from around the world. We've got training courses on there. Plus, we do summaries of all the interviews that we do just to save you some time because we know you're busy people. And if you want to uh, join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly and safe environment, free from all that judgment, trolling and abuse you may see elsewhere, uh, go and join them. Cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. There's a bit of a waiting list at the moment because it's been slightly inundated. Um, so that wait list will sort of clear up over the next uh, two or three weeks. Uh, so cruxinvestor.com forward slash club is the place to go. Gentlemen, how are you both? Very good, thank you. Good, good, good. Well, Nicholas, good to see you again. Um, when did we speak? Two and, a half, two, two and a half months ago? Yeah, beginning of March. Beginning of March. In a while, a couple of months. Fantastic. Hey, well, like, I'm, I don't know if you remember, what well, I always make people do like a little one-minute summary of what the business is before we get into it, because I'm kind of keen to understand uh, what's up next. So give us that one-minute overview, and I'll pick it up from there. Yeah, um, Snowline started trading March 1st. Uh, in that time, we've staked an additional uh, 25,000 hectares, announced five projects, and we're all set, all set for uh, summer exploration. Uh, we're funded. We've got our permits lined up, contractors lined up, and we're ready to go. Right. Fantastic. Okay. Um, so what has been happening since we last spoke? Um, a lot of exploration planning. Um, and I'm joined by Scott Birdall, our CEO, uh, who can shed more light on that. Okay. Hey, Scott. How are you? Not too bad. How are you doing, Matthew? Not too bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely fine. So where are you? Uh, I'm up in Whitehorse. I'm based up here. Okay. Where's Yukon? Okay. Okay. Right. Is that where you have always lived? You're, always, you're from that region or are you just up there for the, the, this work? I was uh, I was born and raised up here actually. I've been uh, prospecting up here since I was about, you know, in the single digits. And um, I went away to school, uh, and I've uh, worked uh, around the world and studied around the world and uh, back up here um, just a, a few years ago, um, kind of launching some of the uh, prospecting assets into this new vehicle. Right. Okay. And so, give us a bit of background. So, what have you done, or where have you worked? Um, well, so uh, I. Uh, Left home after, like I say, prospecting throughout my teenage years with my father, who was a prospector up here, um, and uh, studied geology at MIT, uh, came back uh, during a bit of a gold boom here, and um, then went on during the doldrums of the past, you know, the, the mid-teens there, uh, went back to school, uh, did a little bit of uh, studying a master's degree in Saudi Arabia, and um, then uh, studied business at INSEAD in Singapore and France, and uh Throughout that, sort of did uh, some prospecting work in, you know, in Africa, in the U.S., and uh, and ultimately back home uh, in the Yukon, where I helped my father out, and we sort of built up the um, the asset portfolio that we've been working on for well, you know, if you count my dad's uh, in it, uh, start to it all, uh, he started three decades ago, so in the late '80s. And so, um, so is this a is with Snowline? Are you working with Snowline full time, or have you got other stuff going on? I am working with Snowline full time. Yeah. So um, we uh, pieced together um, 
seven of our most promising gold projects, uh, basically everything with, you know, multi-million ounce potential as we saw it and, uh, and some very big low hanging fruit in terms of the targeting. Um, those were obviously pretty attractive to people in this market. And so we were able to bundle them together and, um, and assemble a great team around them. And, uh, here we are. Okay. Okay. And so how did you two get together? How do you know each other? Sure. Well, we were uh, we were brought together by uh, Keith Newmeyer, who was uh, pretty excited about the uh, the property portfolio. He did some of the pruning of uh, projects to get to the seven that we're at, and um, and yeah, he uh, introduced me to uh, to Nicholas, uh, and uh, yeah, we're lucky to have him on board. Yeah, yeah, we, we heard. In fact, I'll just remind people we've interviewed Nicholas um, recently. We'll put a link to that below. Check that out in terms of. Business plan, strategy, team, etc. Um, so th- this printing um, that Keith did, w- w- base- what was it based on? What was he looking for? What was he trying to make the portfolio look like? Um, well, very gold focused. So we had a, a pretty diverse package. You know, we have a tungsten deposit, uh, some silver plays, and, and so on. And um, and so he pruned it to the very gold focused properties, um, but also the the larger gold focused properties in terms of what uh, might be there. You know, we have some more advanced projects that are uh you know they're in the hundred thousand ounce sort of range where they they have some exploration upside but you're probably not going to be sitting on a five million ounce deposit on that site so um so we kind of scaled it back to uh to the bigger properties with the district scale and with that gold focus right okay so anyway so um nicholas said you guys have been planning so who's in that planning team and what exactly are you planning this is yeah. Um, well, we've uh, we've got a great planning team. Um, we have, uh, as you may have seen, we've uh, tapped into having uh, Craig Hart as our chair. Um, so, you know, uh, we have a, a ton of industry and uh, and academic experience from him. Uh, someone who knows the rocks very well. Um, just for for people who don't know, Craig was uh, a founding member of the Yukon Geological Survey, where he worked for about fourteen years. Um, he knows the deposits of the Yukon better than almost anybody. Uh, and since then, he went on to MDRU uh, at UBC, uh, the Mineral Deposit Research Unit, which has collaborated with industry, um, some you know, a lot of majors and various juniors to uh, really establish certain deposit models. And so uh, we have a ton of technical expertise there. Um, and I've also known Quentin Henning for uh, quite a few years, and uh, I've, he's always been very open to just bouncing back and forth ideas. So. Uh, we were lucky to have him uh, join as well um, as a technical advisor. So it's been great. And, you know, uh, he's he's got a lot going on, but he he's always there to, you know, quit, you send him a text and he's right back with great advice. So um, so that's been good. And uh, we've been bouncing around ideas. And we also have uh, Paul Matissic as well. So I'm uh, pretty excited to be able to collaborate with him and uh, get his thoughts on things. And his track record, you know, more than speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, great, great uh, team. Great team, indeed. So, I mean, fantastic. Um, high profile in the market as well, but most of them, uh, I would say. But I'm interested in what you're planning to do next. You've got the money in the bank. Nicholas says you've got the money in the mm-hmm. bank. So, what are you going to do? You've got to start doing some stuff where people can have a look at, you know, what's there. You know, what you've got to put news in the market. Mm-hmm. So, what are you planning? Yeah. So, um, we're planning on focusing on two projects out of the seven. Um, we will do some advancement on the peripheral projects, but we have kind of two flagship projects where uh, the the exploration thesis is uh, we feel very compelling, and there's a near-term discovery upside where we have both drill-ready targets and very intriguing uh, discoveries that we 
hope to make drill ready uh, this season by about the end of the season. So um, the, the two projects we're focusing on are Rogue and Einerson, and they are adjacent. Um, they're both in the Selwyn Basin, about uh, 85 kilometers northwest of McMillan Pass. Um, and they are situated in this sort of uh, passive margin sequence of rocks. So this uh, old continental shelf, which is actually, the Selwyn Basin is interesting because it is lined up with uh, the, the Great Basin in Nevada, where you have the Carlin trend. Um, so obviously very perspective and um, not just for not just for Carlin, but we're seeing uh, several other deposit types coming out of there. Elsewhere in the Selwyn Basin, you have intrusion related cold, and uh, we we certainly have that um, at Rogue. And uh, you have basically in these Selwyn Basin rocks, just this big regional fold that's crunched around by this fault system. And so you have several different levels of deformation in there. Um, and at the nose of that fold, you have these tombstone suite intrusions, which are responsible for elsewhere for uh, deposits like Fort Knox in Alaska, for Brewery Creek in the Yukon. You have the same generation, the same series of uh, intrusions coming right through the apex of this big, you know, mountain range scale fold. Um, and that's Rogue is right in the nose of that fold. And Einerson is sort of up in the radio cracks and, and the heavily deformed rocks um, up to the north of that. So you have this sort of district scale uh, tectonic package with gold anomalies just coming out everywhere that, that no one has really taken a good look at before. Okay. How are you going to approach it though? Yeah. So we have uh, already um, a lot of baseline data to go on. Uh, previously, we had these projects optioned to two different operators before. And so we have that, uh, their baseline work to, um, to launch from. So we're very lucky there. Uh, and in that uh, is some very low hanging fruit. Um, there were just the, the nature of the things in 2012, 2013, um, you know, a lot of very promising projects were sort of left um, at the wayside. And so that's where we were able to pick them up. They came back to us, we held onto them through the doldrums and were able to repackage them there. So we're not starting from scratch, but we do have some uh, some very intriguing targets uh, to, to go on. So one of the thrusts of the program will be very quickly um, assessing these targets and uh, readying them for drilling um, in the you know early to mid season so we'll be out there uh in not too many weeks basically we're just waiting for the snow to melt and um and get out there with uh some uh some trenching and some uh some just mapping to sort of verify exactly where we want to put things and then we have those drill ready targets specifically at uh at Einerson. and uh from there we will dovetail that with uh more regional work there's uh, our, our thinking has evolved a little bit about what's actually out there since 2012, 2013. Um, and so based on that, there's a lot of prospecting to do, um, following up on, on these huge data sets and, uh, and just kind of generally looking for, for new areas of interest and trying to better understand some of the big anomalies that are in there uh, in the data. There are, you know, there's a soil anomaly uh, in, at Einerson that is 30 kilometers long. Um, we haven't really figured it out yet, but the rocks are very perspective for Carlin style mineralization. Um, and it's just this big, long fault advantage line. Uh, and everywhere you cross it with the soil line across 30 kilometers, it lights up in gold. So, um, you know, there's there's obviously prospecting and mapping and head scratching to be done there to try to figure out where these fluids might concentrate enough to, to generate uh, an economic ore body. 
Okay, and I think it's really important that you kind of set expectations properly because a lot of the questions sent in were, hey, so when do they start drilling, right? So what you've just outlined to me is there's some work to be done to identify targets before we do that. It's part of the natural process of, of exploration. So time-wise, you're going to spend how long sort of assessing what you've got in terms of the trenching, et cetera? Um, yeah, we're... we're some of the targets, uh, particularly a target called Mars Northeast at Einerson, is uh, very close to drill ready. Um, and so we are basically just going to uh, spend a few weeks there once the snow goes and and then uh, bring in the drill as soon as we can afterwards. So it's not going to be, you know, an extended process of uh, where we like the target. We're, uh, we have a fairly good understanding of it, but we just want to make sure we put the drill in the best spot. So we're not just going to fly it up there in, immediately. Right. Okay. But again, it just say, to come back to this thing about setting expectations, people get excited about new companies coming through expectations. It's just going to rock it because it's all easy. It's all easy stuff. Um, but the reality is you, you got to, you, you got to do things the right way. Okay. So you're talking about big anomalies, but nothing a geologist loves more than an anomaly, but not all of them work out. Right. Not many people find or make discoveries either. So th there's a process you're going through. And I'm just trying to maybe get you today to kind of lay that out in simple terms for people to understand the timeline, a little bit more about the process and what your expectations are at the end of this. Because I think if you come back on, what I'd like to be able to say, or like you to be able to say is, hey, here's what we said we'd do and we, and we did it. And we're going to do the same thing moving forward. So can you just lay that out for us in simple terms for people? Based on some of the questions coming in, I'm not sure people get it yet. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah. And uh, I think expectations is a, um, is a good way of framing it. I don't want to, you know, say we're just going to go in there, we're going to drill and there's going to, you know, we're going to have 100 meters of X grams per ton. Um, so we're going to go in and, and shore up uh, those targets. Um, and that'll be in, in fairly short order over the process of a few weeks. Um, then we will be bringing in the drill to, to drill that target. Uh, we, of course, hope to make a discovery. Um, worst case scenario, we hope to have a much better understanding of, uh, you know, where to drill, where to target. Um, and uh, at the same time, while that's going on, you know, it's a, a longer process and we will be mobilizing down to Rogue and uh, where there are other very intriguing targets, uh, grab samples with visible gold in them, um, assaying to 152 grams. And so that target is, uh, you know, that's at the sort of discovery stage, but it's, there's, there are quite clearly uh, some drillable features there. And so we just have to uh, shore that up. So again, uh, same sort of timeline as at Mars Northeast, except just shifted back later in the summer. We're, we're going up here, um, seeing what we can learn, seeing what we can discover. And then uh, in the back, on the back of the stove, sort of looking at these other targets here, just the proximity helps us. Okay. And uh, and later in the season, we'll have that option to ship down there. Okay, so it's, there's a lot of thinking time, planning time. Is it one drill? It's one drill. Moving yeah. between the two, right. And explain to people why you don't get two drills, one at each location. Well, I, I mean, it's just a, a little premature at this point. Um, we know we want to drill both, but uh, we, we want to get that information first and uh yeah there's no need to you know just shoot from the hip here and, and blow all our money uh we need to use it uh wisely and um I, I think you know there's there's plenty of drill if we do hit big at mars northeast and if we want to just keep on drilling there then uh and that targeting it at rogue goes well then of course we'll look at bringing in a second drill but uh for now there's there's no need to bring that in up front okay and how much money will you be using this drill season uh, we're looking at 
about a four and a half million dollar program out there. Okay, so you, you, you're you good for cash. And then what? What At the end of this, what do you do at the end of that period? Um, well, I mean, it, it obviously depends a lot on what's on the drill bit. Uh, we will have, um, you know, a much better idea of what's out there and hopefully some, some really good results to show for it. Um, but uh, either way, we will have uh, learned a lot and, uh, and we'll have a lot more context in, you know, these ideas that we're kicking around out there. Um, some potentially very big deposits. Okay, and again, so I'm, I'm just sort of I want you to itself why that's important, right? Because there's it doesn't sound very exciting, and I think people will go, oh, well, there's not a lot of action there. So why is it important to lay it out and plan it like this? Why why is getting the order of play right? Why is that information important to you in terms of the way you build the value? Well, I mean, you look at uh, a lot of these big discoveries on on huge world-class deposits. You know, you see uh, even in base metal deposits where the sizes are way bigger, uh, you see things that are, you know, you read about this ore body and it just seems so huge. And you think, how could you possibly miss this thing? Uh, But then you read the discovery story and they found it on, you know, the 14th hole or the 10th hole or the 20th hole or something like that. And so um, you need to make those decisions with as much information as you can. And we're excited about the potential out there. I mean, the grades that are coming out, the scale of things that we're finding, uh, the, the writing's on the wall for some very big deposits, but we could easily set up at Mars Northeast, stick a drill on the ground and, and try to you know, poke through it uh, without thinking hard enough and, uh, and basically just put a nail in the coffin on what would otherwise be a very promising deposit. Okay. Okay. I think you set out your stool quite nicely today. I'm excited. I think I, 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 I want to see. What, I want to see. Yeah. I don't know. Genuine. I want to see what you guys uh, come up with. Um, I, I, I like. I like what you're planning to do. You've got the money to to do it. So go do it. Come back and tell me that you, that you've done it. Appreciate your time today. Thanks, guys. That sounds great. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.